0: Hey everyone, welcome to another Conversation at Olive, a podcast featuring everyday conversations around the life of Olive Baptist Church and its surrounding community. This month we're doing something really, really special. I have Julie Doane here with me today, uh, as well as John and Angie Tyner to talk about adoption, uh, fostering, and, and everything that, that that encompasses. So Julie, go ahead and uh, take us into the first, uh, first little bit here.
1: Thanks, Travis. So Tyner's, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. So um, for our audience that doesn't really know you very well, which if they go to all of them, pretty sure they know you. But if we, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves briefly and just kind of tell your, tell who, tell us who you are.
0: Well, I'm John Tyner, and uh, I'm the minister of music Heater. so I lead worship on Sundays. Uh, we've been here since 2013, mm-hmm. so. I mean, like right now it's middle October, exactly seven years we came, moved to Pensacola and, uh, and got started, came on staff, I hear it all with our three boys and our dog.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't forget Max. Right, That's right. right. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, my name is Angie. Um, I sing in the choir on Sunday mornings and um, I'm usually in the front row with the short people.
0: I put her on the front <laughs> row for
1: selfish reasons. For- <laughs> so you can look at or not for high stuff like that.
2: I didn't know that was happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah Adam. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we have three boys and um, they are 12, 13, and 16. So, yeah.
1: So, um so because I know you, I know that there are a couple couple additions to your family um, that you hadn't planned on when you first started out. Um what led you guys to adopt?
0: Well, so, Jack was born, our oldest son, um, in 2004, and we, Angie and I had only been married a couple of years, um, he was a little bit of a surprise, great surprise, uh, but when he was, and we always thought we'd have, you know, a, a decent-sized family, I mean, three or so kids probably. Um, when he was born, Angie had some complications, and we ended up not having, being able to have any more children. So that was kind of a hard pill to swallow, um, and you know, people would always say, well-meaning, you know, well, have you, you know, you could adopt. And at about the hundredth time you hear that, you're like, I know, you could adopt, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but you know, at first we were dealing with, I think, the heartache of of what had happened, and it was you know pretty traumatic dealing. So we didn't consider it that much. But gradually over the years. Um, God started turning our hearts toward that. We started, we found as Jack got a little older, um, and Angie, you can jump in because she'll remember more details, of time frame and things. But as he got, you know, a little bit older, three, four years old, we, um, we always knew we loved kids, but we discovered we really liked parenting. Um, and, uh, and so we thought, you know, we could, we could do this more. We could handle more kids. We'd love, we always had wanted more kids. You know, when we got to a place, I think we were healing enough that we could consider what that might look like. So, um anyway, we just started kind of looking at the options and, and uh, seeing, seeing what opportunities there were out there.
2: I think actually Jack might have brought it up one day. He had seen a cartoon or That's something right, yeah. and said, um, we could always get a, a sister from China. And so. Um, yeah, and he was like three years yeah, old. Yeah. And so um, anyway, so yeah, we looked, I guess he was probably about almost five by the time we
1: really started looking into it. Mm hmm. So what have you guys learned about yourselves um, now that you've kind of gone through some of your adoption journey and it's not over yet, right? Um, you know, the boys are not totally done. Yeah. But what have you guys, what has this taught you about you?
2: Well, um, there's a there's a quote um, that I saw, I don't know, it's been several years ago. And I think I shared it on my Facebook page. And I think I share it every year when I see it come back up. And it's, I don't even remember who said it, but it said, um, I have four children. Two of them are adopted. I can't remember which two. Um, and so that's, thats I think that's one thing that we've learned, like that we just don't even really think about it that much anymore. Even though we're still really passionate about kids and we're really passionate about adoption and um, justice and all those things. but um, But we don't think of our own kids like that.
0: Yeah, I remember Angie saying, Um, when we were in the adoption process and we were kind of it it was when we were really wrestling with are we really going to do this you know we went to an information meeting um, at an adoption agency at Bethany Christian Services and uh, we found out you know got all these options presented to us and one thing I remember specifically about that meeting I'm chasing a little bit of a rabbit here but I remember the lady that was leading it she must have been the director or something Mm -hmm. I can't remember but um, I remember her saying at that meeting, there were several other, you know, potential adoptive parents there. And she said, Bethany does not exist to get you a baby. That's not why we're here. We are here to care for, minister to, um, make life better for children and mothers who are in crisis. And if you would like to partner with us, then, you know, we would we would ask you to consider that. And, yeah, and they that said, really struck us. She you know,
2: said, if you end up getting a baby out of this deal then that is just a bonus but that is not the goal
0: and so i was like oh sign me up i mean i thought that was like a vision i could get get with so our our mindset really did begin to shift from wanting more children to oh thank god maybe doing something a little bit more uh than that and i knew i remember angie saying back what i was saying a minute ago um when we were in that that process and that that time of kind of wrestling with it um, i remember her saying I think God has given me the ability to love other people's children. And that that really hit me. But I started, especially with her, looking at the way she was with our friends' kids. And it, she just, kids loved her. She could love them, take care of them. And um, and so I thought, man, I, th- I think God really has gifted her to, to be able to do that. Um, of course, when you adopt, if you know, like they don't you don't think of them as other people's children at all like they it's amazing how quickly they are your children, and you don't just think of them that way but um but little things like that along the way I, I I discovered and God kind of solidified in our hearts um ways he had prepared us and equipped us for for that so
1: so in the early time that you guys had Ben and Eli, what surprised you the most? um <laughs> There were well, so many
0: surprises. Yeah. <laughs> I feel
1: like I can't say those
2: words here. <laughs> no, I think that um, the transition, of course, was really difficult. Um, Bethany did prepare us for that, so I don't think we were totally caught off guard. But until you're living, it, yeah, it's hard to really... It's It, it was pretty awful yeah. for a while. <laughs> you did not want to come to our house for probably six months. <laughs> so anyway... Um, yeah, so I guess it, it it did catch me off guard just a little bit. And it wasn't necessarily like um, like they couldn't speak English when we got them, but that was the least of our worries. Like there's so much. I mean, for any child to become an orphan, they went through some major trauma. And it really does not matter how old they were going through that trauma, even as a baby or as a 16-year-old. I mean, they're, it's really deep stuff. And so um, so I think coming through that and— and just learning how to adjust and how to be loved again um, really is, is what we were dealing with. So, you know, the the English came just fine, you know, a few months after that. And we could, I think, talk about things a little bit better and maybe reason things out as much as you can with a three- and four-year-old. But, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty hard. Jack, on the other hand, he was... Um, he was just so solid through all of that he it didn't all the trauma that was going on at our house did not even really face him he just rolled with it and so that was a huge help for us.
0: I was I think I was surprised um it, they sound like almost opposite each other the how difficult it was I was surprised by um and then on the other hand at the same time I think I was just as equally surprised by how Quickly, people can bond, and children can bond, and parents can bond in that kind of situation. Um, but I, I felt like I, I was really surprised how quickly the kids took to us, and how quickly they—I just saw them as my children. You know, I—I um, I, I kind of thought that might be a long process, but even on our hardest days, um, and is man, it, as excruciating emotionally as some of what we dealt with was, um, you know, there was still that, like, the the thing that hurt the most is that our children were hurting. That was the thing that was the hardest about it, I think, you know. So I think that was a little bit surprising um, how quickly that bond can happen when people just make the decision they're going to, no matter what, love each other, you know. And um, So anyway, that that part, I think, was mm-hmm. surprising to me as much as the help difficult it was
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting when you when you think about there's no going back like this yeah. is it and yeah. we're gonna make the best of it yeah yeah it's ma- amazing what you can what you can do and it's almost like otherworldly like supernatural yeah. like this is our baby this is our child we're in it for for better for worse that's right, right. Um, <clears throat> thank you for your candacy. I appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> um, so what have you learned about God through all of this like, what is, how has God been revealing his character through the adoption of Ben and Eli and, and in your family and extended family? How, what, how has God been showing up?
0: Well, the, the first thing up for us, I think, was um, how differently— I say for us, I think I could speak for Angie because we've talked about this a, a good bit. How, how much differently I thought about the gospel or understood the gospel— and, you know, you read things uh, about adoption and, um, you know, parallels to that in Scripture and in the New Testament. But, I mean, really, when you have a child, that, that takes on a new meaning a little bit, that God could give his only son. But then another level, I think, when when adoption enters the picture to really grasp um, when we're compared to orphans and that God adopted us, that we were adopted in Christ, that that kind of condition that your children were in before, I mean, they really had nothing. They were completely helpless.
2: Um, like we had to, the clothes that they had on belonged to the orphanage, and we had to take those clothes off and leave them there and put new clothes on them that we brought to be able to leave. So really, they came with just nothing. Yeah,
0: and so I, to think about that, and that's where we were, you know, mm-hmm. spiritually. We were just completely destitute, no hope, um, unless somebody took us in. and. Um, so thinking about the gospel in those kinds of terms was was new to us took on a, a new meaning so i think that's the biggest thing we learned about god and then the other side through our adoption process um that god really does provide and meet needs uh to help you accomplish what he calls you to do we are you know adoption is expensive international adoption can get really expensive and um by the time we brought our boys home, and when we started it, we really didn't have very much money, you know, and uh, we just really stepped out in faith. But by the time we brought them home, the everything was paid for. We didn't owe anybody a dollar. Um, and that part was pretty remarkable. It just gave us, and you know, you go through something like that and it gives you confidence that the next thing God calls you to do, he's going to provide and make a way for you to do that too.
2: We do reference that a whole lot with other hard things that we go through. Even now, we're like, but remember how faithful he was mm-hmm. during that time. I think that that was probably one of the hardest things that we went through, yeah. um, and we really we really talk about it all the time.
0: I mean, we really would we'd have times where you know you get through different periods um, and kind of benchmarks in the process, and there'll be money due. You know, when it's like, oh, we don't we don't have that money, or what are we gonna do, or oh, we're just gonna have to wait, or you know what's gonna happen, and you go to the mailbox and there's a check there or some. Uh, grant that you applied for way back that you totally forgot about. You know, you'll get a, a message. We had an through.
2: escrow check an overage on our escrow. I mean, yeah. just like weird things that just that really came happen. out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten one since then, but, yeah. <laughs> but we keep looking. Maybe. Yeah.
1: So. Do you ever, so this is like real life now, okay, Okay. so do you ever encounter people, we've talked about this, uh-huh. um, but you and I haven't talked, Sean and I haven't talked about this, do pe- what do people say to you? Like, What are some weird, funny, um, bizarre things that people say to you when they don't know you and they come upon you as a family?
2: Well, okay. So I'm going to preface this with, we have learned to not get our feelings hurt really about anything. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, you, you I don't
0: know if we said this either, but our uh, we have a transracial adoption. Our boys are from Africa. And so I don't know if we talked about no, that earlier. Didn't. So yeah. um, if we mentioned that, so if you're listening, you don't know our family, that, that gives you, we're white, Angie has blonde hair and our son has blonde hair, and really pale skin, our oldest son, Jack. And um, and so we brought, you know, Ben and Eli home, and uh, of they're course they're black. Really and, dark. Yeah, really dark. And uh, So anyway, that, that added another level of, um, you know, weird things people can say yes. to you
2: sometimes. <laughs> but, okay, so when people ask us things, which they do quite a bit, um, I think we always try to keep in mind that they really do want to know what's going on, and they, they're they really interested, but they're totally ignorant, and they don't know how to ask. So.
0: Which, which usually results in an even awkward, more awkward way of, of asking, you know? You're <laughs> <Right. laughs> like overthinking a little bit. So we th- we
2: think it's funny, it's really uncomfortable for them. But, um, so yeah, we, uh, we'll get some looks sometimes, especially now that they're all taller than me. Um, you know, people people can kind of look at us funny. But um, yeah, really a, l- a lot of times we, w- the number one question I would think we get is, why did you adopt? internationally and not here in the US when there are so many kids that um, have needs here in the United States and we do get that asked that one a lot it,
0: it, which by the way we think is a fair question you know yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. and
2: so, what's our, you told the, our answer usually.
0: well I, there were there were several reasons that we ended up going the route that we went um, but the the biggest thing was God just led us that way we don't we don't know and I don't know how do you describe when the spirit moves your heart in a direction Um you know, but as we looked pretty quickly, we just felt like God was 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 calling us to adopt internationally, and then Ethiopia um, through a lot of circumstances, as we kind of started down the process, became. Clear that that's what it was at that time. Ethiopia, that process was moving real quickly. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's not. You can't really adopt from Ethiopia. But I think
1: international adoption has changed significantly has. since we've yeah. gotten our kids. They were right. a lot older, and it's a lot more expensive, and it takes a lot longer. Right. Yeah.
0: It is a much yeah. different. It
1: was
2: a pilot program when we went through it, so it was it changed. I mean, almost weekly. Right. With what the requirements yeah. were, and
0: but at that time when we started looking at Ethiopia as an option. It was moving pretty quickly, and as I started doing research, I mean, uh, the numbers. This was ten years ago, I guess, Mm -hmm. when we were, you know, in the middle of this. But um, you know, at that time, the numbers were there were like forty million orphans in Mm -hmm. sub-Saharan Africa, and um, about half of those were AIDS orphans Um, at the time. That's what the statistics were. And but Ethiopia alone, there were about six million uh, just in that one country, and. so that God just really started turning our hearts. We were reading. I just became fascinated with Ethiopia, with the country and the history there, cultural and and, and so, coffee And coffee I know that was part of it that <laughs> drew <right>. me <laughs> so um so anyway we we just i don't know, God just turned our hearts that direction and um. That's, that's
1: well, and means. you're an athlete too, so right. They're the running, fast runners. They, like, are. they
0: are. I, I mean, it, really, there were so many things. I mean, it sounds it's so silly, funny, but, but yeah, yeah. I can't, the whole culture, the running culture, and the the coffee, all of that, I was just kind of drawn in because there are things that piqued my interest. But um, but then, yeah, just a lot of things about it were really attractive. We still, I've been back, you know, a few times since the adoption. I was back there in March, and uh, and so we just we uh, we just kind of had a heart for that area
1: so so um one of the questions that we got was how much did she cost oh yeah we have gotten that one. Yeah. Oh yes yeah um usually
2: i that's really the only question that i feel like is a little bit offensive because it can be asked in a nicer way <laughs> but usually i'll just say well all the information's out there you can look it up you can buy about two cars you know. yeah. Yeah, and so. I've
0: said when things like that come up, um, I say, Well, they didn't cost anything, but the process to bring them home was expensive and try to we we, try we're, to we're reword not purchasing it. people. That's a horrible thing. You know, yeah. and um to say it that way and that's not what it was. But mm-hmm. there there are a lot of there's a lot of red tape and a lot of processes and that, you know, the cost adds up. The travel even for you know, is really expensive.
2: Or even to um, you know, part of what you're paying for is to keep these children alive in the orphanages. So you're paying for the nannies that live there. You're paying for food. You're paying for... Um, well, that's about all that. But, yeah. Um, and when
0: you're also paying to for... The Becky Christian that, Services yeah, over
2: there for the paperwork. Yeah, and,
0: and to ensure the integrity of the program. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're making sure there's not any trafficking going on and things like that. And so, um, you know, you're protecting and, and paying to support the process a little bit. So, yeah. We tried to look at it that way, and, and we, I really, we
1: really do try to rephrase that question yeah. <laughs> when it comes up. Well, and trafficking is a huge thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of people are really aware of that now, right? And, and it, and, you know, it's it's something that we do have to address. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, we did not buy this child, right? Yeah, this is, you know, we paid for the adoption process, right. which was long and painful. Right. Yeah, right, with lots of paperwork. Yes, yeah. lots of things. and lots. home visits and <laughs> yeah. all those other things.
0: You know, another another question. Um, I think the other one that probably I've heard the most that's just phrased kind of weird. It's um, so. What does your real son think about this? You know. Oh uh, um, yeah. It, uh, and so uh, you know, and that's another one that I try to correct as gently as possible. Say, well, they're which of my real children are you are you talking about? You know, they're all they're all equally my children and. uh, so anyway, that's another one that, you know, you hear every once in a while.
2: As soon as people know them, though, and get to know them, they, nobody even thinks anything about it. You know, it's, um, we have this picture that sits in our kitchen and it's Jack's newborn picture. And so, um, like we just had, we just had a rehearsal actually over at our house the other day and somebody there said, um, which of your kids is this? And... It's so funny to me. We have so many people ask us this question. I'm like, it's the white child. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one it could be. But it's funny to me that yeah. that they know them so well, and they people love them equally, and that, so much so that they ask which child that is in the picture. So it is funny anyway. too.
0: Some of their especially when they were younger, you know, some of their friends, um, Ben and Eli's friends, especially would, would find out they're adopted, and they couldn't believe it. You know, they're like,
2: "What? He's adopted?" You know,
0: um, it's funny, especially with kids that. You know, they they have no idea. Ben
2: had a little friend and he said, um, he told Ben, he said, I've never been on an airplane before. And Ben said,
1: well, how did you get here? <laughs> 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 so that's awesome. That's awesome. So what advice would you guys give to um, a family who's considering adoption? Adoption.
2: Um, I would say if, I mean, it's a it's a heavy thing to think about and to, um, like, we didn't even really know what our family was going to think about it. Not that they would be totally opposed to it, but, I mean, nobody in our family's ever adopted before, and it's, I mean, we come from a long line of white people, really, and so there's, we just hadn't been introduced to it, really, and it's 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 a little bit of a foreign idea, so, um, so we just weren't really sure what they were going to think, and so um, we really only... Told just our best friends and our siblings that we were going to do it until we um, we finished all of our paperwork, and then we told our family, <laughs> our parents. We didn't want them to talk us out of it at all, or to make us second guess ourselves. So, um, but I mean, they they all welcomed it with open arms, and um, so I would say, um, you know, if that's something that God has called you to do, then just go for it. I mean, He really showed us that. Um, You know, with our family, it it all turned out fine. Um, You know, he provided all the money that we needed. We made it through that first six months, and it was fine. And um, so, I think just, you know, if something, if that's what God is calling you to do, then He's going to see you through it.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, I would say I was going to say the same thing. If God calls you, just like anything else, if God's leading you to do it, step out and do it. I remember the the night we we'd kind of gotten jacked to bed and. Angie and I were sitting in the den, kind of, we're like, okay, let's talk through this. Are we really going to do this? You know, and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, man, all the reasons I can think of for not doing it are kind of (laughs) lame. Let's just go for it, you know, and so sometimes you just have to step out there. And I also, um, you know, we know we have never uh, at all tried to push people towards adoption because it's not for everybody, you know, um, it's not right timing for everybody. It's not for every family. But I think a lot more families could do it than than realize um, that they could. Um, so I, I would say for people, if it's if it's on your heart at all, consider that God may have put it there, and and really pray through and work through if it's something that you should consider. Because there are a lot of children in in Africa and Asia and all kinds of other places, and in, in Milton and I mean- Pace and Pensacola that uh, that need a family that will love them.
1: So as followers of Christ, um, and we know this is God's heart, right? This is God. God loves the fatherless and it's all throughout the old Testament and the new Testament that, that that's where his heart, he's the father to the fatherless. Um, what is people of followers of Christ, people of God, um, if they're not called to specifically adopt, um, what are, what do you guys think about some of the ways that the church can, can, um, serve into this love into this, um, you know, adoption orphan issue that we have?
2: Well, I don't think we would have made it without our church family and our friends. Um, you know, we keep talking about that really horrible six months. Um, but I mean, we had people bringing us meals. I mean, I want to say probably for six months, a couple times a week. Um, you know, like John said, we would have checks in our mailbox almost weekly. Um, I mean, people brought us clothes. I mean, we just, we really had everything that we needed. Um, So I would say, I mean, I, I think there's a foster care, growing foster care ministry here that they need clothes and they need diapers and they need meals for these moms that a lot of them already have biological children and they're bringing these kids in and these really traumatized kids that need a whole lot of care and attention. And, you know, they don't have time to, throw together dinner some nights, um, gift cards. I mean, praying for these families. Um,
0: yeah, I would, I would say, add to that also, that they, um, I'll speak for the mothers, because uh, I, I remember Angie, you know, I would, I would leave and go to work, but she was home dealing with the drama um, all during the day. And we were in Knoxville at that time, I should say. Our church here at Olive's wonderful. Our church in Tennessee was wonderful during this. Um, but we lived like five minutes from the church there, and so it's easy for me to run home. But um, there were a couple of friends that could come over, and the boys knew them, I think, and trusted were comfortable enough that that um, they could step in and help and give Angie just a little bit of a break. And I think sometimes those um, those parents may just need, like, they just need a breather for just a minute, like let us catch our breath, kind of, or even to the, like
2: go to the dentist or get a haircut or right. things like that. You know, when you have when you bring these traumatized kids into your home, you can't expose them to everybody um, because I mean they have trauma that they're dealing with. So a lot of times you can't. We didn't put them in the nursery. It was probably two or three months before we were able to put them in the nursery at church or, you know. So I had them with me all the time. Um, except for these few trusted friends, you know, I could sneak out for a little while and they would take them or, um, we had a set of Knoxville grandparents that we called them and they would have the boys to spend the night or, you know, things like that. So I think that really is, um, yeah, that, that was really important.
0: Our kid, our boys, by the way, were, they had just turned three and four when we adopted them. So where they were in that age that like, they weren't old enough to really get what was going on and. Uh, but they were old enough to, you know, run out into the street and, <laughs> you know, cause a commotion. Yeah, we didn't oh. even talk about so. that. <laughs> we have lots of We have these kids of... that have,
2: like, no boundaries at all <laughs> into a home that has walls and a road. And <laughs> so, it, it yeah, it took a lot of energy for us
1: and for our friends that would yeah. come over and help us.
0: The emotional toll on that. Yeah. You know, weighs on you,
1: so. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me with our conversation today. And um, we're just so glad that you guys are part of this church and that you came in to talk to me. And um, we're happy that uh, Ben and Eli are part of the youth group. And, uh, you know, they're so involved and they sing. And you guys are are awesome. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. And, And I will say
2: we are an open book about this. So if there's somebody that has questions, we are always happy to... Talk to people and answer questions about it too.
0: And Angie will tell them the stories that she was afraid to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> I
2: will.
1: I will totally do that. <laughs> well, I've heard them, so I know. Yeah. No, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping to hear some again. I know. I didn't know how far I should go today. <laughs> well, thank you guys. You guys thank are awesome. You guys. Have
2: a
0: great one. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here today, and thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. Uh, we'll have some information down in the show notes if you want to get in touch and find out more about adoption and foster care here at Olive. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you for the next
1: Conversation at Olive.